Welcome to the CCF Podcast. We're a campus ministry at Truman State University. This podcast features sermons from our weekly worship services. Thanks for listening. Hello, y'all. Can you hear me? Okay, sweet. Um, to begin, I'm going to be sharing a testimony. And for those who don't know what a testimony or testimony is, it's just... A story about how I've seen God or how you've seen God, and you can share that with others. So I'm so thankful that I can do that today with y'all. Um, to begin, if you don't know me, my name is Owen Thornburg, as Derek said. And I'll be showing, sharing a testimony about how I've seen God's love through him paying attention to the details and his intentionality in my life. But first, I wanted to introduce myself. Um, I have two loving parents, Matt and Diane. And my mom's here today, actually. My dad is currently in New Mexico, probably right now, traveling for with my brother. Anyways, I have three older brothers, Cliff, George, and Hayden, all much older than I. That's, yeah. <laughs> I grew up an hour and 20 minutes south of Kirksville on a cattle farm in Mount Airy. It's not pronounced Mount Erie or Moberly, so... It's Mount Airy. And yes, I was a typical country boy. I can't remember a time where I wasn't bottle feeding calves, selling chicken eggs, practicing showing lambs, taking walks in the pasture, or raccoon hunting at night. Living in the country has its parts of being able to slow down, enjoy the birds and flowers, and have solitude. But on the other side of the coin, the nearest supermarket is 20 minutes away, and it was a rarity to spend time with friends. Um, I also went to a school district that comprised of a handful of small towns and villages, and my class size ended up being 36. Almost no diversity at all, with everyone being white, except for five in my whole high school. Imagine that. Before coming to Truman, I first went to MACC, Marbley Area Community College, to take gen ed classes to see what I wanted to do, what degree. Then somehow I ended up here at Truman my junior year, and everyone thought I was a freshman the whole year. <laughs> and now I've graduated and will be studying occupational therapy this upcoming fall. <laughs> yep. I'm just going to dive into the area of life that I've seen much of God recently, which has been through, through serving IFG, International Focus Group. Yeah, that's right, yeah. For those who aren't familiar with IFG, it's one of the ministries, a part of CCF, that focuses on loving, praying for, and serving the international community here on campus. And these are just a few images from, um, like, our Friday night events. Yes. Oh, I love these people so much. Ooh, okay. So, the things that all IFG interns do are meet up weekly together with Keevan and Stephanie to pray over a specific country and the students living here in Kirksville, while enjoying a superb meal made by Stephanie. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm going to do, I'm going to throw it, yeah. Okay. Wait, what did I? <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so each week we update each other on how we're doing and how we can pray for one another and as a group. This group brings me so much joy because we can just encourage each other and lift each other up. And they certainly have become family to me. 
Um, we also take international students to Walmart on Saturday afternoons at 1.50. You can help with that. Um, since most international students don't have a car, and it may not always be easy to ask friends all the time for rides. One of my favorite things I actually does is host iCafe, as these pictures are from, mainly. Um, it's basically just a get-together slash hangout with other international friends or American friends. Um, there always is a theme. Like last week, there was karaoke. Um, there was Lunar New Year, Italian Nights, Just Dance, and you know, on and on. It's just a bunch of fun. It's a time where IFG can show Christ's love by being welcoming to the international community and ha to have a fun time and make friends. Besides these three main things, us IFG interns basically have free reign on how we can love, serve, and pray with the international community. And it's water, by the way. Another event that I love is the pizza party at the iHouse, which happens right before a beginning, the beginning of a new semester. It's where the new exchange or international students meet one another and just have pizza or with the returning students. When I first joined IFG, this was my first event to attend. Um, I showed up to the iHouse pretty anxious because I only knew Meredith Spargo, not even the other IFG interns very well. I felt like I was thrown into the deep end, not knowing how to swim. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yep, yep. It was really awkward for me to get myself into a conversation or even start one with anyone. After a little bit of awkwardly walking around Meredith, trying to meet new students, I finally said, screw it, and sat by someone who wasn't sitting by anyone. At the time, he just came from Japan with very poor English conversing skills, which can be very common, mostly mostly having to translate half of what he wanted to say or half of what I said. Despite the language barrier being troublesome, it was fascinating to hear about Japan and who he was before Truman. And that guy turned out to be Iho, who has become a great friend of mine, and he has great English skills now, by the way. Something that isn't talked about much with Americans is how it can be intimidating to interact with international students especially when you grow up with around no diversity, like me. And because I grew up around very little diversity, I think this contributed to why I was so anxious when going to that pizza party. Maybe it's because of looks, which can be misleading. Sometimes someone can look so cool and confident that they can make you intimidated to approach them. Or because someone dresses way different than you, this might make you assume that you have nothing in common. Whatever the reason is, why can this cause us not to know someone? Jesus didn't look at me and said, oh, that boy grew up in Mount Airy. He's got to be weird. <laughs> Jesus didn't say or think these precious things. Instead, he knocked at my door, inviting me to spend a life and eternity with him. Like the loving and gracious friend he is, even when knowing I have sinned against him and will continue to fall short. I love the example Jesus gives in the Gospels. Uh, Jesus didn't say comfortable by only spending time with his friends and family that he knew well. Um, instead, he seeks out those who need help, who are labeled unworthy. And this is shown in Mark 2, 13 to 17, when Jesus asks Levi to have dinner with him, along with many tax collectors and sinners. As you can see, verses 16 and 17 say, 
When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. To this, I wish I could say that I have always behaved like Jesus in this manner, but I've definitely struggled in this area of life with welcoming others who are different than me. Um, yeah. It's often easier to make friends with like-minded people. In fact, I would say that I was fairly racist before coming to Truman without even realizing it. When I first transferred here, I became friends with Rachel Whitehouse, who always pointed out any form of racism that I said. Um, oftentimes, I would deny how my last remark wasn't, and then try to justify myself by saying that a lot of people back home say the same things all the time. But she was always persistent to making me see how I wasn't being loving with my words. So thank you, God, for giving me Rachel to humble me and to show me how I was very prejudiced and bought so many stereotypes that I've heard. So you could say that I was much like the Pharisees without realizing it not wanting to be inclusive to people who were much different than me. Even ex after accepting Christ, after my first year of college, the closest friends I surrounded myself with were also Christian. And this was true until I joined IFG three years later. It's not wrong to mainly have Christian friends and to have that supportive community, but we need to follow the example of Christ, who sought to welcome those who don't know God's love. Like, how are others supposed to know God's love if we don't share that with them? We should be more excited to exclaim Christ's name, especially if we have tasted and seen what he has done. Without the Lord shaping my heart by teaching me to not be prejudiced and racist, but to accept those who are different than me, I don't think I could have done IFG. Okay, water. All right. All of this brings me to share how I've seen God's love through him paying attention to the details and his intentionality. So the very juicy stuff is coming. <laughs> this was done mostly through becoming friends with John Maria. Y'all might have met this gorgeous man. <laughs> hey now, calm down. You might have met him on the spring break trip. Uh, during this last year's, <clears throat> last year's Y'all Week or at some iHouse events. Um, we met when he first showed up at an iCafe a year ago and somehow got on the topic of South African politics for at least 15 minutes. Don't ask me how, but now knowing John Maria, it's because he loves history, politics, and geography. After that night, it seemed that God put on my heart to befriend this guy, which I am so thankful for, because now he is one of my closest friends. At first, I don't know why, because we don't have a lot of things in common, which I imagine most friends do. But I don't have a strong interest in geography, politics, or history. Although this, it, it was always good to see John Maria and to see him get excited about his interests. God put a gravitational force that pushed me to want to become good friends with him for some reason. Little did I know what God was doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, during finals week last spring, yeah, finals week, 
I dropped John Marie off at the Wapleta train station. Um, he was going back home for the summer to see his family. A couple days later, we message and he says, oh, I made it back home. But as our conversation continued, there wasn't a response. Um, this was odd to me because he's good at messaging back, even if it takes a day. And I was thinking to myself, maybe he's just tired from traveling and, you know, just wants to take a break. Uh, this type of thinking only lasted so long, mainly to me sending more pictures and texts um, with still no response. At first, I was sympathetic, but grew more and more angry and frustrated to why this boy was not saying anything back. Um, but by the first week of June, God showed up and was like, bruh, bruh, if you need to calm your anger and frustration you have for him and turn that into prayer, you don't know what's happening in his life and prayer would be beneficial. And you know what I thought? You're right, God. So I then prayed, um, so I then prayed that God would help Jamria where he was at and that God would show his love towards him and his family. Somehow after praying for him, even that one time, I felt a sense of peace of the situation and comfort that God had Jamria in his hands. Then something odd kept on happening to me every day that summer, which was God kept putting on my heart to be praying for him. I've never had this type of experience happen before, and after a month or so, I was starting to think this was wrong for some reason. Soon after those thoughts were um, popping into my noggin. God encouraged me to be faithful in prayer towards my dear friend. Fast forward to July, I started bringing this up to other friends so that they could also be praying for him. My train of thought was, if God is consistently asking me to pray for him, I might as well ask others. The more the merrier. We could all use more prayer. Now, here's the craziest part. I eventually got around to telling Kirsten what has been happening to me this summer, and I asked her if she could be praying for John she then responded with, in her wise, like, soft voice, yeah, you have that. I have also been praying for him consistently, that he would see God's love and know Christ. When I heard this, I was literally so excited and freaking out in the best way. Uh, because of this conversation with Kirsten, I knew God was doing something big, big in John Maria's life. And this could not be coincidental or odd that praying for him was put on my heart. Surely God's plan. Sorry, my throat's kind of dry. Okay. So, when John Maria got back to Kirksville after summer break, we caught up. I assumed asked him how he was doing and then explained the whole phenomenon about me praying for him. He responds that this past summer and school year had been rough on him. Um, I felt like a bad friend for how I didn't see him struggle or offer to be there for him. Either I'm bad at reading people, probably, or John Maria has a good skill of masking emotions. But I didn't see that coming, him saying that. Hopefully, or my bad, thankfully I was there praying for him thousands of miles away, even, even with not knowing why specifically. What kind of God would ask me multiple times a day to pray for someone so that they could be protected loved, and have peace. It had to be one that loves his creation so much that even when they don't know him, he would die on the cross for them. Through prayer, I have seen God's love and intentionality. I think that is why whenever I read a passage, passage in the Bible, 
or hear a song about God's love towards us or how he created us, it just hits me deeply. Somehow over the course of that last summer, God has softened and shaped my heart to see people more through God's eyes. It has become easier to see a family member, friend, classmate, or a stranger I walk past and know that God, that Jesus Christ loves them with a love that is beyond what we can perceive. The fact that I can see someone around me living reminds me of how much they are loved because God put them on this earth. Now, imagine the closest parents or caretaker you had um, while growing up and the way they loved you. God's love is a billion times greater than that. Actually, like a bajillion times greater. When writing this testimony, I ran across an old journal entry from September 12, 2022, describing a feeling I had and thought it was worth sharing this on authenticity. It says, It seems like there are more thoughts of John Maria since he's come back this summer, from the summer. I don't know why, but maybe it's for me to pray for him and to be intentional. It's like I feel Christ's love through how much I love that boy. I know that God is allowing me to feel and see what he sees. In Psalm 139, 13 to 14, it says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. When, whenever I spend time with John Maria, I can vividly see that God took the time to create him. His dark hair, his green eyes, slim frame, etc. That God was intentional with this creation. And that Jesus loves him so dearly and perfectly. When I see Jamria, I see how God looks at us or intends us to look at one another, despite being imperfect people. Look and act out everything you know. Every time I see Jamria, I want to hug him for Jesus and tell him that God's love for him is infinite. End quote. These kinds of thoughts have bled into other parts of my life. Um, yeah. When thinking about what to write for this testimony and discussing it with others, I realized that to be intentional, you had to pay attention to those around you. I love definitions to make things more clear and concrete so we're on the same page. Um, And according to Oxford Dictionary, the word attention means the act of listening to, looking at, or thinking about something slash somebody carefully. Interests that people show in something slash something. Using your attention, it's needed when going to class to understand the material better, or when driving and making sure you don't fly through a stop sign on accident. While the word intentional means done deliberately, intended. Being intentional can look like baking cookies for a friend, or making sure to press your brakes when seeing the stop sign ahead of you. Now, using my stop sign analogy, you can see that you first have to look carefully at the road and the signs around you, such as that stop sign. Hopefully, this caused you to be intentional with that brake pedal and to stop, done deliberately. Looking back to this past summer, Jesus' love is shown from John Maria. God took the time to pay attention to him and noticed that he was hurting. God then responded by putting it on my heart and others to be praying for him. Despite the Lord Almighty having the universe in his hands and has so many things to get done, God still took the time to pause, peer into the life of him, and love him infinitely and unconditionally. This experience I had shows me that God is always paying attention and intentionally responding, even when we don't see it, know it, or feel it. 
it's kind of crazy to me how God is always paying attention to us. And it's astonishing to think that God created the birds and flowers, yet he took the time and effort to think that this earth needs you. So he created you because of his love. It says in Psalm 104, 24, How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom, you made them all. all. The earth is full of your creatures. So you can see that it was no accident that any of us were created because it says that God was using his wisdom when creating everyone and everything. The Lord has a purpose and plan for us. That is why he paid attention and created each one of y'all. And because of this truth, I think that is why I enjoy having quality time with friends and being in IFG. It is so lovely to meet people who are completely different than me, hear their story, and become friends. I get to see the details of their life and how God has loved them. God's work calls us to become more like Jesus in this way we behave through our words and deeds. Although we aren't God, knowing every fine detail about everyone and everything, we have the opportunity to pay attention and look around you to the people. This could be your roommate, a family member, acquaintance, or even that person you regularly pass by on campus but don't know. I encourage you to pay attention to those people and ask God to help you love them better. This might look like praying for them, asking them to get lunch with you, bring them a cupcake, or waving to them on campus instead of awkwardly looking down while you pass by. Like I said earlier, John Maria is a great friend of mine and didn't see he was struggling. This is why it's important to love one another just as God has loved us. And most importantly, to wrap things up, uh, pay attention to God. He's the one that has all the wisdom and knowledge. He's also the one that can make all things possible, even to making us racist and more welcoming and loving. God's the one that will put your feet on the right path, and that's easier when you listen and be obedient to him. All right, let us pray. Okay, God, thank you so much for another day that you have provided, that you have allowed us to wake up and be here. God, thank you that we can just worship together in your name. God, please just help us see those who are around us and that we can be there for them to be intentional and pay attention. God, thank you for loving us and thanking that we're important enough to be here. Amen.